So I think the last time I was here, I preached about Isaiah, or it could have been the time before last. But, uh, and I had a revelation, Isaiah chapter 6, where Isaiah, a young man, is standing outside of the temple. And he's uh, looking into the temple. Let me take some of this out of the way here. And he said, I saw the Lord. He is high and lifted up, and his train fills the temple. And he could hear the angels crying, holy, holy, holy. Now, according to John, the Gospel of John, that he said that Isaiah could see Jesus. And so, you know, I mean, the angels crying, holy, 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 could represent the fact that there's a trinity. We believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen? And, uh, you know, that, that reality of that, when I was reading that those years ago, and again, when I started looking at it again today, I started to feel like I was going to crumble. I, I felt the Holy Spirit hitting me. And that revelation of seeing the Father, seeing him, you know, like uh, understanding that. When on the uh, mountain, when uh, Moses was given the Ten Commandments and then he broke those and then God gave him another set, um, he said, I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory. And, and God said, okay, you can see my glory. What I'm going to do is put you in the cleft of the rock. I'm going to hide your your eyes with my hand and I'll walk past you. And so God did that. And as he did that, he said, I'm going to declare my goodness as I walk past you. You know, there's something about a father and the goodness of the father. Amen. You know, that he's merciful and he's forgiving and, and he forgives people. And, and also, he's, he said at the end of it, he will punish, you know, things that need to be punished. You know, so a father has to correct as well. But that magnificence of that happening, now, uh, how do you take that in? How do you relate to the Father? Because the Father is a spirit, you know. And uh, how, how did he walk past Moses? You know, was that Jesus walking past? I don't know. You know, I have to look at that a bit closer. I don't know all the answers. It was it a special manifestation that the Father uh, allowed himself to be in that form and walking past Moses. Well, I'm not trying to confuse you, but I'm just trying to get you to the place where we're opening our mind to understand the Father in heaven, how great he is and how past understanding in a lot of ways, you know, but he's your father. And I've known him to be with me all this time. You know, it's just, just his presence is just amazing. But as Isaiah looked into the temple, I think he looked into the temple and, you know, he could see past the curtains and everything. And he said, I see the Lord. He is high and lifted up and his train fills the temple. Also, the visage that we see in Ezekiel where, uh, you know, there's a wheel within a wheel and there's the glory of God and everything. And I think because Moses asked to see the glory of God, it was so intense that to the point where if God did not shield him, he would have died. That's what the scripture said. You know, when you're feeling overcome by the power of the spirit, that's the kind of thing that we're talking about, you know. And, uh, you know, have you ever felt that intensity of the almighty God? You know, uh, you know, in, you know, some, 
sometimes when you're seeking God. You know, I thought about today, and I thought about the roads all blocked off and everything, you know. But I thought if people want to get here, they'll get here, you know. And I feel it's the same way with the Father. If you want to find him, you'll get him. You'll find him. You know that God will let you catch him. You know, when children are running around and, and they're chasing after their daddies, you know, and the daddies know they can't outrun their children. But there are those times when the daddy will let the kid catch him. Amen? And you can catch the father. Amen? Why don't you give father praise offering today? He's an almighty God. Amen. Amen. I, uh, I just enjoy, you know, I hardly ever preach the same sermon twice. I might refer to it, but I, I don't know. You preachers, do you do that? Do you preach the same thing over and over again? Never again? No, I don't know why I keep them. Do you, David? No. We've had, <laughs> we had people forget. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing, isn't it? Amen. So, um. I'm going to raise him up, that God had raised me up. But there's some, I want to just take fatherhood to a, a higher plane right now. So, uh, you know, all the things that happened to me, when I met my real dad, uh, uh, my birth father, uh, I knew him for 40 day, 43 days, uh, and he had bowel cancer. Uh, I led him to the Lord before he died, and it was almost like a catharsis for him when he met me. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, that like in the back of his mind, he always had that responsibility, whatever happened to Dennis. Do you know what I'm saying? And so I prayed with him before he died. It was a great experience, you know, and uh, I combed my hair just like him or he, yeah, and I had this stupid sense of humor like he did, you know. Uh, his daughters, they have adopted me, uh, you know, and made me part of the family and uh, uh, it is just something like the years had disappeared. Do you know what I'm saying? And uh, the month before he died, he was in the hospital. And who should be across the ward in the hospital at the same time was my mother. You know, they haven't seen each other since uh, 60 years before when I was born in the hospital. You know what I'm saying? You know, and they died within a month of each other. There was something in that how life has poetry, you know, and it fits together. You know, and ever since Jesus came into my life, uh, my life has been like a Rubik cube. All the colors just coming up the right way. And I give him glory for that. Amen. But, uh, you know, as so all these things work for the good. It says in Romans 8, 28, and we know uh, that to them that love God, all things work together for good, to even to them that are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to conform to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And whom he foreordained, him they also called. And whom they called, they also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? You know, all these things that are in my life, all the brokenness, the broken marriages and everything, all things work for the good. They weren't good. They didn't feel like good, you know, uh, but they work for the good. I am the person I am today, you know, in spite of all those things happening. I wonder if you can say amen to that yourself. Where have you come from? What have you been through? But praise God you're here. Amen. Amen. 
So I had confidence issues, I had rejection issues, I had identity issues, you know, all through those things, you know, knowing who I was, uh, you know, but it was all restored through Jesus when I came to Jesus. You know, so if you're sitting here today and you feel there's places in your life where there are blanks or there are cracks or things like that, you're in the right place. You know, this is, this is a place where God will fix you. And he will, you know, we, we need to be reparented. Anybody felt that, you know, that, you know, okay, your parents maybe had good parents, but when you come to God, you realize there are still some things that need to be touched up or reparented. Amen. We all need the Father in our lives. I'll never forget, I went to a, a conference with G.W. North. This was when I was a, a young Christian, and uh, I went there by myself. My wife stayed at home uh, with our baby. And uh, I'll never forget that I heard a quadriplegic lady screaming out loud. You know, she was just really going at it in the midst of the conference, and I don't know if it was annoying people, but at that moment, I was whisked away in the spirit, and I could hear my mother crying out to God, saying, God, I'm sorry for the way that I raised Dennis, you know, because my mother and I never really bonded. I loved her. She tried her best, you know, but she was 16. She put her dolls down one day and picked me up the next, you know. Do you understand? You know, so we didn't bond, you know, but I could hear my mother crying out to God and saying, God, I'm so sorry for the way I raised Dennis. Because she didn't really raise me. She passed me from one aunt to another, you know. And I had a healing from a quadriplegic lady. So, you know, you never know what God can use. I had an inner healing that restored my soul. You know, I'll never forget that. And I went to talk to the guy who was the head prophet there, G.W. North, and I told him my story. And uh, he was listening very intently. And as I walked away, he smacked me on the bottom. And, you know, nowadays you get arrested for that. But, you know, <laughs> but at that moment, that was an anointed smack from the Father in heaven. You're my boy. You know, I really felt that. I felt fathered at that moment. Do you understand what I'm saying? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> You're looking at me like, what the heck is happening? <laughs> How many of uh, you smacked your own kid in love? You know, any, anybody ever do that? How many have ever smacked your kid not in love? Nah, all right, never mind. <laughs> Nowadays, you get arrested for that. <laughs> but uh, I felt a tremendous healing from rejection and all those things, and, and to really confirm it, when I got home, uh, I was living in England at that time, my mother called and said, Dennis, I just have to ask you to forgive me. So God confirmed it, you know, through the things I had experienced. So I had those issues, but I, I, I found great healing and restoration. All things work for the good for those who love God. Amen. What did Joseph say in Genesis 44, verse 1, uh, when he was sold into slavery, rejected by his brothers? Uh, you know, uh, Genesis 44, verse 1, it says this, And then Joseph could not refrain himself before them all that stood by him, and he cried, Because every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. 
And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians heard, and the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Does my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him. They were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said to his brethren, Come near me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither, for God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and there are yet five years in which there shall neither be uh, plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a remnant in the earth and to save you alive by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God, and he hath made me a father to Pharaoh. That's incredible, isn't it? A Lord of all his house and ruler over the land of Egypt. God made him a father-type individual to Pharaoh. You know, I, I, one of the greatest joys in my life, we have some people from the Bister Church here. They'll know how we have, I have fathered people in our church. You know, uh, you know I look at some of you and I think, you're my kids. You know, in fact, I say that when I, I haven't seen you for a while, you know. But it's been one of the greatest pleasures in my life to have even one of my children today wish me uh, happy Father's Day. And they said, you've been a father to so many, you know. And that doesn't come through uh, a desire. It comes through, I think it comes through an anointing. I think it comes from a paternal anointing to father people. And so I'm, I'm taking us up, I'm taking fatherhood to another level today. You know, how, how I became a father, my wife, in the early days when I just became a pastor, she would work and I would uh, try to pioneer the church. The church has been going for over 40 years now. Uh, I would work, uh, go and visit people in the evening, but I would take care of our three kids uh, during the day while she was working. Do you understand? She brought the money in, uh, you know, while I pioneered uh, the church. And uh, so I... I learned to be a dad at home, and I guess I got good enough at that that there were neighbors who were asking me to watch their children, you know, and, and they were paying me for it, you know, so that was good. Then uh, I started to take them to the preschool, and I noticed there was a lot of single-parent mothers in our village that couldn't get their kids to preschool. God provided a mini bus, so I, I took them to the preschool, uh, those women became the first members of our church, you know. That's how we built our church was in single-parent mothers, you know. And then I became the chairman of governors for the, the preschool. Uh, then I became chairman of governors for uh, another school, a five-acre school. And then I moved into Bister when my kids got into teenage years. We lived in a village just outside of town. And uh, I was... Uh, in order to finance the building we had, I owned a preschool myself. And I would be there, and little children would come up and put their hands in my hand, you know, sneak up and just hold on to my hand because they didn't have a dad, you know. And in fact, there were twin little girls that swore up and down that I was their daddy, you know. And I assure you, I wasn't. Okay, so... Yeah. <laughs> so but... There's just something there. You know what I'm saying? You know, why? I don't think we ever got any one convert from the preschool. But I was there for a reason. You know, not just paying the building off, 
I was a father figure to all those kids, you know. And so that's how, that's how God brought me into fatherhood, you know. And I do believe it is, a, is an anointing. I'll go on to Genesis 17, Genesis 17, verse 4. This is about Abraham and Sarah. And that God's speaking to Abraham, uh, uh, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you, says the Lord. And thou shalt be a father of multitude of nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but shall be called Abraham. For the father of multitude of nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of these, and kings shall come out of thee. God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. And the difference in, in the Hebrew is that H is a, is a sound of a breath. Abraham. <laughs> Abraham, <laughs> you know, and I believe God breathed fatherhood into him. I believe, I believe that's an anointing of fatherhood, you know, and that, you know, I, I say to you dads out there, you know, you are an earthly dad, but God wants to breathe that into you, which you become a father of nations, you know, the father of many people, you know. And it's not only the men, because Sarah, the same thing happened to. And God said to Sarah, thou shalt call her name Sarai, but Sarah is her name. And I will bless her, and moreover, I will give her a son of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be the mother of many nations. You know, kings of people shall be in her, you know. So God breathed on both Abram and Sarai. You know, he breathed the fatherhood anointing, the motherhood anointing, or you want to call it parenthood anointing, into Abraham and Sarah. Amen. You know, he breathed that upon them. And it's the same thing I believe that God has breathed in me and breathed on you, you know, is that it's in you. It's in you. Jesus said, you can't know the Father except you come through me. You know, he said, he said you know, to uh, uh, the disciples, he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. He said, you know, how, lo how long have I been with you and you've not known the Father? And I want to say that today. I pray that your children can know that, that anointing in your life to the, where they know that God the Father has been in you doing something in your life. That anointing. How long have you been with me and you've not known the Father? Amen. You know, that, this is what God is wanting to do today. He's wanting to breathe something fresh into people. That you can father the fatherless. Amen. This is a true religion to take care of widows and orphans. How many of you know that even though people have had parents, they have an orphan spirit? You know, and they need to be fathered. They need to be mothered. You know, and God wants to do a, a fresh thing where you are used by God to father, to parent, to be a brother or a sister. You know, Jesus said, I'll give you many brothers and sisters. We are family. We are family. But God wants to breathe something fresh in each one of us. Are you ready for it? Are you ready to take somebody on board and father them or mother them or be a brother or a sister to them? I father people that are older than me. 
You know, it's true, you know. And so it doesn't matter what age they are. You know, they're all children before God. We were created in God's image and likeness and that, that through the fall, some of that got marred and tainted. And, you know, it's like a coin, you know. Jesus said, you know, show me a coin and whose image is on it. He said, they said Caesar. They were asking him if he paid taxes. And he said, well, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God. You know, I believe he's saying that on the coin there's an image of Caesar, but unto you and me there's an image of the Father. And that is restored. You know, sometimes a coin can get scratched or it can get worn down or it can get dirty. You know, but when God breathes on you, you become a brand new penny. Amen? You know, something new and something fresh in you. And that's what he wants to do. I want to talk to those today who feel that it's all going over your head at the moment. You know, when I retired, I got a bit burned out. I tell you, I didn't know how much burned out I was after I got retired. And I said, Father, please just keep me close. You're going to have to do something with this. I can't do anything. I don't have any strength left. I'm talking to you today. If you're in that place, God wants to breathe something new in you. If you're spiritually tired, this is a time for God to rekindle something in you. And you know what? You have to come to the place of saying, I can't do it. You really have to come to the end of yourself and say, Lord, you have to do it. I need you. I need you. And so God's going to breathe some fresh things. Are you willing to be used by the Lord? You know, to be a father, to be a mother, a sister, a brother to somebody. And I'm not talking in the church. I'm talking about the broken, the orphan, the widow, those on the outside. Those are the ones that God is calling you to. So how long have you not known that the Father is in you? He's in you through Jesus. Amen. Amen.